The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check. Oh boy, Atlanta. Things are getting hot. It's hot and so hot and hurt. they like, this is really hot in Atlanta. Hot Atlanta to an all new meaning. Things happening with Trey Young. We talk about him potentially being on the trade block. What? We also talk about what in the hell is happening with Chris Middleton. I haven't seen him in ages. I think he's only played seven games out of the first 41. I tell you what, that's not good considering how things ended up with Boston and Milwaukee. We also talk about one of the best guys in the NBA, Andrew Holiday. One of the weirdest suspensions I've ever seen. And we also break down a new mixtape release from an NBA rapper not named Damian Lillard. Lot to talk about. Not a lot of big pieces, a lot of fluff pieces, but they're fun. So let's get into it, Nick. Drop that generic ass beat. What the fuck is going on in Atlanta? What is happening? It just keeps getting weirder and weirder by the moment. The latest news is our guy, Trey Young, Ice Trey, Ice Trey could be on the move in Atlanta. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. A year ago, this would have been something unspeakable, unthinkable. Maybe even a month ago, people wouldn't have believed it. Even in this offseason, when they traded for DeJounte Murray, no one seriously thought DeJounte Murray meant anything in regards to Trey Young going anywhere. Life comes at you fast. Life comes at you fast. So then what what happened? Four things happened. First, well, Trey Young has been beefing with everyone, so he gets into it with Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan, the head coach, and things have turned so toxic that Nate McMillan may retire, may resign. Who knows? Might take a paycheck just to go somewhere else. So disgusted with Trey Young. We've discussed this ad nauseum, but let me remind you, Nate never thought he was going to coach. Again, after coaching in Indiana – and leading his team to mediocrity like six years in a row after leading Portland to mediocrity many years in a row. The only reason that he got his job is because Trey Young got the last coach fired. Remember, uh, my man Lloyd Pierce went on paternity leave, and Atlanta was better when he was on paternity leave than when he was actually coaching. So he got jettisoned, and then all of a sudden Nate McMillan makes this historic run, which was you know, largely predicated on Ben Simmons being awful. And, you know, they had to do what they had to do, which was re-sign guys for no damn reason. Second, the GM that gave him a massive extension, Travis Schlenk, who has been a huge supporter of Trey, who made the deal in order to trade Luka Doncic for Trey Young for a song, 
who a lot of people 18 months ago thought maybe GM of the year, is out. Not out last offseason, out right now. Out in the middle of the year. And that means the team that he put together by literally throwing tons and tons of money at guys who took them to the Eastern Conference Finals that he really never really wanted on the team to begin with, a.k.a. John Collins, also Clint Capella, uh, are all here, and he is not here, and then he mortgages the future, all their draft picks, by three of them, by trading for DeJounte Murray, and yeah, that guy, that guy, that guy, oh, he did. Oh, he died. He's gone now. He's gone. Three, the Hawks are at the halfway mark under 500. Again, for the third year in a row. That's where they were before they went on that historic run, too. Three years in a row that the Hawks are barely the play-in. They're barely clinging on. Atlanta, probably one of the most disappointing teams in the NBA. And that's hard to do, considering that there is not a lot of expectation for Atlanta, considering that they were a train wreck last year. And finally, Trey's been awful. Awful. How bad? How bad is he? 31% from three. Career worst. Bottom 10% for all high-volume shooters. We talked about this as well. He's shooting overall 43% for the year. He's averaging 27.5 and 10 per game, but listen, it's ugly. It's real ugly, and the team's not winning when he goes off. This is not rocket science, right? This is, this is a disaster. This is a team, this franchise is in shambles. A star player who's locked down to a max contract on a team that fired its GM in the middle of December with other front office members who have also been jettisoned. I cannot express, as a side note, how unorthodox it is for an entire team to clean house of its GM and all of the front office members in the middle of the year. In the middle of the year? In December? That never happens. And it's just happening, and no one's saying a peep about it. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to spend more time with my family. I'm going to collect the check. I'm going to do some consulting, which means he's not doing a damn thing, and he's just getting paid. And then you've got the coach beefing with the star player who's on a max deal, who's basically locked down through 2027 on a team. He does not get along with his teammates or his coach, specifically John Collins. What is that? What is that a recipe for? Get me the fuck out of here. The latest news is that uh, no team right now is more active than the Atlanta Hawks in terms of just moving everyone. Everyone. They've been, in the past 24 hours alone, linked to a... John Collins to Utah for Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Okay. As well as a trade to the Pistons for Boyan Bogdanovich. They already have Bogdan Bogdanovich. And uh, you can't have two Bogdanovich's hooks. You can't. It's impossible. This is against the rules. I think, I think it's page 7. Uh, paragraph four in the NBA rulebook, you can only have one Bogdanovich. And on top of that, furthermore, you can't have a Bogdan and a Boyan Bogdanovich on the team. It's too confusing for them. It's too confusing for us. It's too confusing for the teammates. It's a no-go. So if you get Boyan, you got to trade Bogdan. You just have to. No siree, Bob. It's not my job. Get rid of one of the Bogdans. That's what it is. So, yeah. Take all of the drama surrounding Trey and Nate. GM gone, verge of massive changes, signed Derek Favors to a 10-day, about as desperate as signing Kemba Walker to a 10-day, and that is where we're at. 
And the heart of this is Trey Young, of course. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray were supposed to be the backcourt of the future. People said they were going to be a top three backcourt in the league. They are a top nothing backcourt in the league. And they've mortgaged their future for DeJounte, and they got worse, not better. So it's not a shock that this week, for the first time that I can recall, multiple articles have emerged discussing a Trey Young trade. Chris Haynes said this about a possible trade asking for Trey Young to be traded. The Hawks have been up and down, mainly down, this year. And, you know, there's been some turmoil that's been going on in the locker room, and this is something that's been going on for a while, nothing new. I think you can get the sense and feel that it's reaching a boiling point here, and it's something is going to have to break. And I don't know what that is. You see the front office making unconventional moves at the midway point in the season. Making unconventional moves, he got moved. The front office weren't wasn't making any moves. They literally just moved the queen off the board. You never, you never. This he goes on to say, you never see the head of basketball operations step down in December. No, you don't. Landry Fields is now running the show over there as GM, and they let go of some of the front office personnel that came in with Travis. So there are things that are going on. <laughs> These senses are awesome. But it's all going to depend how this season ultimately fares. We know how it's going to fare. You think this is going to just turn around out of nowhere for no reason? Like the pieces are the same, the GMs, is the, the, uh, the head coach is the same, Trey Young is the same. Sam Quinn of CBS thinks Trey Young to Miami is the, is the move as a replacement for Kyle Lowry as the best fit. That's interesting. This is what he said. Young could be their primary ball handler of the future. The theoretical fit, I love it, the theoretical fit with Bam Adebayo is nearly perfect. Young has played almost exclusively with lob threats at center. Adebayo's basketball IQ screening and passing makes him arguably the third best dribble handoff partner for a star guard in basketball. That sort of dance partner could expand Young's horizons in the pick and roll. Adebayo is a sort of defender you need to cover for Young's shortcomings. This is the shadiest paragraph, low-key, I have ever heard. One, expand Trey Young's horizons? That just means he's first option, second option, third option to score, fourth option to lob. They're like, maybe Bam Adebayo could teach this old dog some new tricks. And... Also, maybe Bam Adebayo could cover up for the fact that Trey Young doesn't defend. Also, here's another shady thing that he's about to say. Heat culture would squeeze out every last meager drop <laughs> of defensive potential he has. We got to get Sam Quinn on this podcast. This man, this man's just like Brian Windhorse in terms of saying things that are straight facts in a way that like the real ones know is shady as fuck. I mean, on paper, this looks like a perfect match for all the reasons that Sam Quinn had to say. But Sam Quinn also knows that heat culture heat culture can grind you down to dust. Figure out what it did to my man, Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala wouldn't even buy a home. He literally rented an apartment right outside the practice facility because he knew he could be gone at any moment if he didn't do what they had to say. You think Trey Young is going to play, like, 
army soldier to heat culture and Pat Riley just do whatever Eric Spolstra has to say? Or do you think he's going to be like Dwayne Dedman and throw a fucking massage trigger gun out in the middle of the court if he doesn't get what he wants? Which we'll get to in a second. Everyone keeps saying that we need to see how Hawk season turns out, but we know what's, what's up, right? We know what's up. We're halfway through the season. How is this going to change? How are we? How are we just gonna see the Hawks go on like a ten-game winning streak? Are we? Is do they have a Kyrie Irving I didn't know about that's suspended? No, no. Like Dejounte Murray is going down. Trey Young going down. John Collins wants to be moved. Clint Capella has been injured. How is this gonna work? Oh yes, Boyan Bogdanovich. That's what's gonna save them. If the coach resigned today, nobody would blink an eye, right? Like, nobody. Nobody would even. I don't even know who the assistant is there, but I'd like to know. I'd like to know who would be taking over. And the issue, I think, is, is even worse than it probably appears on first glance. Because why? Because you trade thir- three first-round picks for DeJounte Murray, and he's not under team control. What? Yeah. So DeJounte is a free agent next year. And their draft capital is awful. This is what they're looking at. 2023, well, I've got uh, some stuff going on there that's very hard to explain. A complicated pick protection thing with the Knicks probably going to convey to the Knicks. 2024, they have the Kings first rounder from the Herder deal, which is worse than probably their first rounder. Let's be honest. It's going to be worse. 2025, they traded that to the Spurs. 2026, uh, the Spurs have the option for a pick swap. So you'll either keep your own or you'll get the Spurs, depending on which one is worse, you will get the worst one. Uh, 2027, you traded that first-round pick to the Spurs. So for the next, uh, checks notes, five years, you have one first-round pick that is somewhat mediocre. Not great. Not ideal for a team that's looking to rebuild. So no wonder they're asking for first-round picks for John Collins. No wonder they're open to trading Trey Young. You could probably get four, five, four first-round picks for Trey Young. God bless whatever team ends up doing that deal. Promise you won't be the Heat, though. I, if it's the Heat, they're giving you Duncan Robinson, and they're giving you two first-round picks, and they're giving you Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry to the Hawks. That's what it would be. That To make the salaries match, you're going to get a broken, busted-down Kyle Lowry, and Kyle Lowry's going to get fat in Atlanta. He's going to go to fucking Magic City. He's not going to have any more body fat tests because he's not in Miami anymore. I tell you what, it's but you're going to get two first-round picks from Miami. Not, not ideal. The Hawks at the halfway point are a mess. Whether Trey ends up taking the disappointment elsewhere, starting a new path, remains to be seen. But I tell you what, is a very this league moment that I cannot wait to follow until it ends up turning into a new drama and a new circus wherever Trey goes next, if Trey goes somewhere next. What's, what's up with Chris Middleton, y'all? Uh, anybody seen him? Anybody heard from him? He missed the first 20 games. He played seven, and now he's missed the next 12. That's bad. That's really, really bad. What's going on in Milwaukee? I feel like things are coming apart there a little bit. I was absolutely shocked to see that he's only played seven games this year. 
he rehabbed his uh, surgically repaired wrist before uh, in the offseason. He made his return December 12th, lasted two games before he went out with knee soreness on December 15th against the Grizz. He's been in and out of the lineup since. He got shut down at the end of the year. And we wonder why the Bucks are not playing very well right now, why they're so inconsistent, why they're up and down. I think they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, something absolutely obscene. And he's much more important to their success, I think, than people realize. And Bucks fans now all, all of a sudden want to trade Chris Middleton, even though Chris Middleton hits clutch shot after clutch shot in playoff situations. 6-6 six and six since he left the lineup. They keep blowing huge leads. And even when Chris Middleton was in the lineup, he wasn't very good. He was not very good at all. He was really bad, actually. I think he was averaging like 10 points per game. No more Bucks dominance. So the good news is if you're a Bucks fan is just yesterday Chris practiced five on five. I guess we're just grasping at straws here in terms of like finding good news. That's the first time since the original knee injury. How long until he's back on the court? Unknown, they said. But they said possibly a couple weeks, which probably means All-Star break. Let's be honest. It's probably After All-Star break, I would guess, is when Milwaukee will try to make their push. Hopefully Chris Middleton is 100% healthy and in condition. But it cannot come too soon, folks. Like The last night, the Bucks blew a 24-point lead to the Hawks. They barely, and I just talked about how bad the Hawks are. The Hawks were able to come back from 24 down and almost win that game. When And Giannis, Giannis had like sub 10 points. It was awful. 20 rebounds and like 10 points. One thing is for sure. They need Chris Middleton back. And if Giannis is getting seven and nine points when he's out of the lineup, this team's going absolutely nowhere, absolutely fast. Another Milwaukee Bucks story, but this is good news. Is Drew Holiday the best human being in the NBA? I don't know. It's very close. He People don't know this, but Drew, in the pandemic season, the 2021 season, quietly donated the remainder of his 2020 salary after the George Floyd murder to combat systemic racism, so socioeconomic inequality. Uh, and then he used his Drew and Lauren Holiday Foundation fund to support everyone from black-owned businesses to college scholarships in L.A., Indianapolis, Milwaukee, and New Orleans, which are all the places that he's played, right? His latest venture, though, because that was an amazing story in its own right, something that he did not promote, no one knew about, and went very much under the radar, and something that he didn't need to do. But he's done something new, something even better, I think. Well, something interesting. His latest venture, he's created a board game. Drew and Lauren, who I could talk about as a couple at nauseum, but I will not, in a, in a board game company with a big idea. A black Wall Street game that would simultaneously be fun and challenging as well as teach a valuable historical lesson. The historical lesson that there was a community in Greenwood, a suburb of Tulsa, Oklahoma, known as Black Wall Street, that for two decades at the beginning of the 20th century was a huge hub for black investing, black finance. It was bustling, doing extremely well. And tragically, the community was wiped out in one of the worst racially targeted attacks in history in 1921 when 
you know, YTs were doing YT things and fucking things up, burning, bombing, and killing 300 black citizens. Horrible shit that not enough people know about. Uh, but more than just history, the game really seeks to give young people their first look at how finance works, something that Drew said he never got growing up, and this is what he said. Having this opportunity to educate yourself is really big, especially in the black community, and even young guys, all guys, I feel like even though they have people who can explain stuff to them and all that, it's just something about self-education that I feel is very important. And it's actually just not for kids. Drew gifted the game to all 450 NBA players for Christmas in hopes that they would share it with their friends, their family, their kids, all that. CJ McCollum, head of the NBA PA, said this, uh, I'm happy to see us recognizing the history of Black Wall Street. It's very important. Black history is in there. It's important that we share and know that. I hope the players seek to learn more about that. It's important that NBA players, especially with the league being 80 to 85% African-American and minority, to understand our history. I'm looking forward to playing that game. I'm going to make sure I thank Drew as well as his wife personally. Really cool gesture, and it's something that is needed and will be appreciated. So hats off to Drew Holiday. This will not get enough publicity, but we will give it publicity here. He's one of the fiercest competitors, one of the best point-of-attack defenders, but I think probably one of the best human beings in the league. So, get this. This story is wild. This is... Check this out. Like, maybe the craziest story I've heard recently about an NBA player. Maybe the dumbest, most preposterous way that an NBA player has ever been suspended. This is the story. In a game against the Thunder, Miami Heat were down just nine, just down to nine players. Dwayne Dedman, journeyman, probably gets like 12 minutes a game getting some obvious minutes when they're down to nine men, decided to take out his, and the Miami Heat haven't been good, season-long frustration out against Eric Spolstra by getting pissy on the sidelines. Not sure what it was about, not sure if there was some sort of independent thing going on, but he decided he was going to throw a temper tantrum. Spolstra and Deadman jawed back and forth, for about 10 seconds before being separated. Totally fine. Nothing wrong with that. And then he gets booted from the game, and along the way, as he's being ejected, this is tremendous, he grabs a Theragun, which retail for about $499, throws it across the court where it lands in the middle of game play at the top of the key. What? I have never heard of that before. Have you heard of that? Miami Heat players, they do some wild shit when they're mad at one another. Remember when Udonis Haslam and Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster were all going to fight last year? They just get, there's something about that Miami air, man. This is insane. So today, the league, after consulting with Pat Riley, decided they were going to hand down a one-game suspension to Dwayne Dedmond. Which means my man Dwayne Dedman got suspended for throwing a massage gun onto the court. Something that 
Deshaun Watson should familiarize himself with. A massage gun to do it himself. <laughs> Spolstra, who's sneaky, fiery, very uh, much more bombastic than people realize. He said this, that's the Miami Heat. We're all a bunch of gnarly personalities. What are you talking about? Just throwing shit? Scra- I, like, I bet a player, if they scratched each other across the face, that's gnarly heat culture for you. What does that even mean? That's like when I went to watch Arizona play Oregon and some girl took her Nuva ring out of her own body and put it on my shoulder. They're like, oh, yeah, that's wild cat culture. No, that's fucking out of pocket. That's not adult activity. Gnarly heat culture. I'm just going to throw. Have you ever felt a Theragun? They're heavy as fuck. If that would have hit baby Lowry in the head as he's coming up, he could have been concussed. He could have been out there just absolutely rocked. Devman's averaging six and four on ten minutes per game. I don't think he's going to have more of that moving forward. I don't know. I, it's just it, what's next? One Theragun, I don't even know. I don't even, this has got to be one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. Moving forward to something more jolly and crazy, James Wiseman, one part deer in headlights, one part Santa Cruz warrior, number one pick, number two pick in the draft, now adds to his resume. Sound cloud rapper. Yes, it's true. Our man James Wiseman dropped his, I think, second song today. I believe he had a single on the radio, which, let's be honest, the only reason it was probably on the radio was because it was James Wiseman. The song, though, is called, get this, Tested. Oh, James Wiseman, you shouldn't have done that. You should not have called that tested. I might not have even said a word if it was called learning or struggling or G-leaguing or, you know, any of those. But I do want to play a little of this clip because it's fucking funny. I want it to marinate in your brain. I want the chorus specifically. As you listen to it, imagine James Wiseman drafted to a dynasty with Steph Curry, the best point guard of our generation, with Clay Thompson, one of the best shooters of our generation, Steve Kerr, NBA champion, one of the best coaches in the league. Listen to this chorus and see if it, somehow jives in your mind. What is James Wiseman talking about? There's just too much to dissect because the lyrics in the bars and the verses are just... They have their own stuff we need to talk about. One of the lyrics is talking about how his pockets are empty. James Wiseman has been paid since Memphis. 
like James Wiseman got kicked out of college basketball for literally getting paid millions of dollars to play for Penny Hardaway, which is maybe it all went to his parents, maybe it didn't. But I know this, James Wiseman has not had any empty pockets. James Wiseman's about to get a huge contract that he did not earn. And my first question is really just like, what, what has James Wiseman been tested by? Like, are we talking algebra? Are we talking about, like, school? Are we talking about tested by the G League? What are you tested by, James Wiseman? Tested by complex pick-and-roll coverages that Steve Kerr wants you to run? Tested by the fact that you're supposed to just set hard screens? Just set the fucking screen, James! Do not slip and roll and demand the ball. Just set the screen, roll to the basket, get rebounds, and fucking dunk. Be a more athletic Kavon Looney, James Wiseman. This is not a test. This is your job, James Wiseman. Are you kidding me? You've been seven feet tall for like seven years. Miss Man, Miss Man has zero minutes and eight 16 bars under his under his belt, which is pretty much amount of minutes that he can actually play in a game productively. I don't understand. He's literally like food for Namias Keda, who can't get any minutes for the Sacramento Kings. I will rewrite this song with all the things that James Wiseman has been tested by. I will. Don't do not give me some free time because I have had things like. I've been tested, yeah, I've been tested. I've been on the bench so long, yeah, I'm fully rested. Yeah, how about that? How about that? Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about his ligaments and how they don't really work. Come on now. Man, you get the point. James Wiseman, I need to have him on the show. He's the perfect, he wouldn't like it. He would not like it. James Wiseman, I love you. I really root for you. I'm hoping for the best, but you got to get this shit together because you can't be writing lyrics and putting out SoundCloud songs when you can't get any minutes playing for a fucking team that drafted you number two overall when they barely have any first-round picks. And, oh, my God, are they regretting it to the point where Joe Lacob, the owner, is saying he didn't even make that decision that somebody else, like some random staffer, made it for him. People are backing away from you, James Wiseman. Do not make any songs. Do not make any songs. My question is also, will James Wiseman ever become a productive NBA player? I don't know. That's uh, shake, shake, shake the Magic 8 Ball. Magic 8 Ball says, my sources say, no. Will Wiseman become a part of a major trade? Yes. My sources say, yes. Because James Wiseman will get paid so much money. And we know Joe Lacob's not going to the luxury tax for a guy who's talking about... I think he's probably said tested in there, what, 50 times? That, it, oh, don't even... And the first part's not even him. It's the third verse that sounds very much like what you imagine James Wiseman to sound like, which is a, a lumbering oaf. That's all the time that we have for the heat check before I get canceled. We'll be back Monday with an all-new episode. Comes out on Tuesday. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes. Uh, do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell your friends. I just hit a car, so uh, I need some money for my uh, for my deductible. If I if you give me a follow, uh, send me some money to my Venmo. That would be fucking phenomenal. And follow us on social at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok.